Pour yourself a sweet tea, pull up a lawn chair, and turn the page with us. You're listening to Right on Mississippi, a podcast taking you inside the minds of America's most treasured wordsmiths. I'm Ebony Lumumba, and Right on Mississippi is produced in partnership with Mississippi Public Broadcasting for the Mississippi Book Festival, the South's Literary Lawn Party. I'm sitting across from Glory Adam, the founder, cultivator, curator, initiator of the Well-Read Black Girl Anthology Movement Festival. Hi, Glory. Hey. How are you? I am doing well. I'm happy to be in Mississippi. We are happy to have you in Mississippi. You're all you joining us all the way from New York. Yes. But originally, I'm from Washington, D.C. Which, listen, I know lots of folks from D.C. and they're very Southern. And That's I say true. that as a compliment. Because That's true. I some am, people claim it. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. I, I would say yes. The Washington, area. The area is very Southern. <laughs> it is a very welcoming southern. southern space. So listen, we're just going to adopt you in at least for the next 30 minutes oh, or so. Thank you. <laughs> So this movement, Well-Read Black Girl, and I keep calling it a movement. I almost forget to call it an anthology, right? Because it's so much bigger than what's between the two covers of that magnificent book. Yes. But tell folks who are listening about what Well-Read Black Girl is and where it came from. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different pieces of what Well-Read Black Girl is. But initially, the very, very beginning, it was simply a book club. Mm. A book club that my friends and I came together about eight to ten of us to read a book. Our first book was by Naomi Jackson. It was called The Star Side of Bird Hill. Nice. And, you know, we came together and we saw this book that was just so beautifully put together. And it was the story of girlhood. It was Naomi's first book. Yeah. Which is so special. Um, when you're a debut author, you need nothing but love. Yeah. Support. Support. Mm-hmm. Encouragement. Absolutely. And I met Naomi at the Greenlight Bookstore in Brooklyn. And she was just so kind. I came up to her with my Instagram page page that had less than 50 people nice and, and now it's booming oh my goodness don't, don't even you get all follow well right back <laughs> um but she she welcomes the 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 space that I was trying to create and mm-hmm. cultivate and she came and met with us and we just talked about her book and her creative projects a- and her craft and why she wanted to become a writer mm-hmm. and that was the first book club that transformed everything because by Naomi saying yes, Mm -hmm. accepting my invitation to come to talk to us, it really opened up the door for something so much more because I saw the value of supporting an author, Mm -hmm. a black woman writing her first book. I saw the connections and community. I saw these beautiful friendships I was building Mm -hmm. and it just continued to evolve. So now we have the festival. Now we have the anthology. We're working with kids now. We have We have all the things and it's like, it's been a steady growth um, but it really started with the this beautiful black woman saying, yes, please read my book and I'll join you in conversation. What is so wonderful? I mean, there are lots of wonderful things about your movement, your book. Well-read black girl not only celebrates like the specialness and the um, just the thoughtfulness of black literature and all of, and all of the nuances. But and when I hear you talk about it. I hear it also celebrating very humble beginnings, which I think is linked to the black experiences that we have in this country in particular, right? That things had to start small for one reason or the other, but this growth comes from community. And so we see Naomi building a community with you and you building a community with your friends. And then there's this whole big thing that's happening and it's so exciting. So maybe, you know, talk to us a little bit about, just how encouraged you have been oh, from yeah. 
that day to this, right? That yeah. first book club to now. And what, you know, what you would tell other folks about who, you know, who have ideas. Yeah, I I think, you know, from the beginning, it's always been about someone extending their time and their Mm -hmm. generosity to me. Mm -hmm. So when I met Tiari Jones, we were at a... Spelman sister. Yes, Spelman. And I I love, and I've been following Tiari for for the longest time, like Silver Sparrow, um, just all Leaving Atlanta. Leaving Uh. all... Every single one of her books I cherish and love. And before she was an Oprah Book Club pick, you know, she was on my bookshelf, you know. For sure. And so I met her at a gala um, and we were there for Toni Morrison. (laughs) Right. right. Just just a moment. Right. right. Let's just take a moment for like sainted mother, Toni Morrison. Toni Morrison. If she is not the beginning of all of us, I don't know what is. Thank you. She just really was the one who set the precedent for all things. She did, things. and she set the bar yes. where it needed to be. Yes, right. and so the that meeting of Tiari, and I was, we were leaving the Scala together, both fawning over Toni Morrison and talking about, like, our hair and, like, life. That and is we, so funny. When I met Tiari, she asked me we about talking- a twist out. <laughs> that I yeah. had going. Because she's like, she's the, that person so, where you can talk to her about anything, yes, right? so comfortable. And she knows everything. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, the other part of her. Like, she just is so all-knowing and so kind. So we were in the back of this car talking about all the things and I was telling her about the festival and I was just like, yeah, so I'm going to do it, um, you know, next year and I have all these ideas. And she was like, oh, you can do that in six months. She was like, you you, you can do that. But wait, I was planning. Right, on. right. I was planning. I was trying to think of my strategy. I was thinking of all these like, things. And she was like, no, no, no. You you can do this now. And I love this encouragement within encouragement, the community. right? And so, and I had just met this woman. I've, I had known her on the page for a really long time. For sure, yeah. But this is my first time meeting her in person and really just like fangirling and being so excited to be in her presence. Um, you know, so we, we built this friendship very quickly mm-hmm. and she became the first keynote speaker at my festival she came back she was Love like doing she working. stayed invested she stayed invested and i think that's the thing where i anytime i encounter someone who's a debut writer someone who's aspiring writer i'm doing my best to encourage them because that yes that encouragement it's it makes necessary a world of difference it's yes. necessary especially when there's so many other spaces where you are undervalued mm-hmm. you're marginalized and you're most not, spaces most spaces thank you yeah and it allows one person saying yes that you can do this and I believe in you. It makes a difference, and I've had that difference happen in my life so many times. And sometimes it can be your mama, <laughs> right? Right. Mama thinks you can do anything, <laughs> right? Like you just need multiple people just pouring into you and saying, into you. "This is that. your destiny," and you, we believe in you. We're gonna like see you through this. Mm. Um, and so it was like steps like that. I really feel like throughout this whole process, I've had a mirror just like reflecting back onto me, saying, "Glory, you can do this. Like you can build this community, and we." we like we're doing it all together. There's yeah. not, I look at it as a very egalitarian space where mm-hmm. we, even when we host the book club, we sit in a circle, you know, we're sitting yeah. side by side um, because we want to be able to turn to one another and have a conversation, look each other in the eye yeah. and say, I see you sis. And I see what you're going through. So to value everyone's and value, contribution exactly. and experience. And it I goes like that. the book starts us in a space, but it branches out into different spaces. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about being black women in professional settings. We're talking about yeah. romantic relationships. We're talking about maternity we're, mm. we're having very intergenerational conversations yeah. and we're building community and it's as simple building as that community yeah. building community I, I mean it is for me i think with well-read black girl it's remarkable the way that you have harnessed building community 
through this anthology that for me, when I picked it up, when I first encountered it, I thought, where has this been? This has been my experience and there's been an anthology in my brain, Mm -hmm. but to have it in print and to be celebrated in all of the ways that you're celebrating it is very validating to even the work, you know, that I do in the classroom. So in you write this introduction, which girlfriend, let me say that I typically read a lot, but I, I go through the introduction to say that I've read it right. To give myself some context, but I stayed with your introduction before I could go on to some of the other essays because it was so insightful Mm. and it was thoughtful and I can, it was very measured, right? Like everything made sense. And so you say some just, and I think profound is even, I'm limiting how really powerful your words are. I'm very serious about this. Okay. Yeah. I'm, let me embarrass you. right? (laughs) But you say some really powerful things that cause me to think about my own memory and experience as it associates with literature. And one of the things that you say is that reading the first line is something like every book in your library has a memory. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, me too. (laughs) I'm not weird. And then you go on to say later on that reading allows us to witness ourselves and I think it was at that moment that I regressed to like eight year old Ebony. Yeah. Trying to find myself in like where the red fern grows. Mm-hmm. She, I wasn't there. Right. And really being devastated that this thing I love to do didn't seem to love me back. Right. But to correlate that story, you know, to be able to relate to your story about witnessing yourself in literature and the need for that was important for me. So, you know, maybe talk to me a little bit about how you value that witness and where you witnessed yourself in literature. Yeah. Like what book was that or what books yeah. still exist in that vein for you? Because we have to witness ourselves over and over, over again. Yeah, especially as we grow in different phases of our lives. I mean, without question, yeah. my mother was so influential in my reading mm. life. You know, she taught me to read at a very early age, yeah. by like two and a half, three. I wow. was reading, you know. Child and prodigy, by the way. Put that, in, put that in the bio, please. <laughs> um, and one of the first books I really remember reading with her and I shared in the introductory was the in the introduction was Eloise Greenfield's mm-hmm. Honey I Love. Which I read to my daughter. Which is a, it's the 25 anniversary year anniversary. It has book. to be when you said it. I yeah. was like, oh my. I read it to my daughter and she loves it. It's, it's a beautiful book and it is so, it, the the form of it, how simple it is. I mm-hmm. love poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember like memorizing poems from my mom and that would like keep me occupied. She'd be like, tell me that poem. You know, she would like <laughs> have me. So just like, like Skillful remember. Skillful mothering. Listen, listen. Keep, keep the child occupied. Okay, go on and memorize and, the poem, girl. <laughs> go do that. And at the time, I didn't really understand what she she was doing but in a way she was teaching me how to witness myself she was teaching me how to find value in the words and the photos and the pictures and you and exist the out there and you're not strange yes. and, and dif- so and different that you can't be understood exactly you have to be able to see yourself and you have to actually imagine what your future could look like right and so my mom was that very good about so heavy. that like um, helping me imagine what I wanted to be when I grew up like mm. she wasn't she didn't have these limitations on you have to be a teacher doctor lawyer right. she was really like anything you want to do was possible but envisioning envisioning you know and I don't think if if it wasn't for my mom's just her sense of abundance and her mm-hmm. sense of just like knowing that I had the capacity to grow and yeah. to be and to yeah. be whatever I wanted to be she was the one that really encouraged that and that book you know you know coupled with Virginia Hamilton mm-hmm. you know Mildred Taylor yes. like all these like beautiful voices yes. that really started to create in my mind um 
just a canon, a literary canon of all these like stories that were true to me and felt honest and represented me. And it wasn't until I got to, to, you know, high school Mm -hmm. that I was just like, Oh, you know, this isn't the norm. This isn't the standard. And I was very intentional. Exactly. Intentional it's about going Still. to it's not right, Still. and so I went to HBCU. Yes, and so I went to Howard and hey, Howard Bison. What H U H U L? And like that experience, I mean, the, it was it affirmed my blackness in a way that I didn't know I needed I feel the same until way I walked into that campus yeah. and. When I am moving in the space of well-read black girl, I'm simply trying to re- recreate that for the world, know, for the world, right? And know? invite folks in who may have never experienced this. And unfortunately, like there's more people that have not experienced it. Far more, you know. Even you talking about this this canon that's created, Mildred Taylor, and yeah. all these folks we grew up reading. It was because our parents were intentional. But yes. when you got out into the world, it wasn't even that from way. bookstore to bookstore. Yeah. You could barely find them. Yeah. And you know, I remember being devastated shopping for a book. I think for Christmas for my 11 year old niece, and yeah. not being able to find um, a book for middle grade yeah. with a black female protagonist yeah and that's awful especially in 2019 yeah you know? no this like is the, right like, what what is that about what are we doing right. and how are we erasing a whole demographic of experiences so in your introduction you say that you know black female authors specifically so yes. Toni morrison alice walker oh, walker alexander yeah yes. They're writing ourselves into spaces that neglect or ignore us. Yes. What do you mean by that? Well, it made me, when I was writing that, I was thinking so much about Toni Tony Morrison. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the fact that she has this quote um, where, you know, the, and I, I'm going to paraphrase, it's basically sure. the, the definers. Like, she, we are able to define who we, who we are, yeah. you know? And I think about that so much in literature that allows, like, being able to hold a pen and paper and tell your story and mm-hmm. telling it, telling it as honestly and openly as possible, that it gives you so much power. And I really believe in the sense of, you know, if you proclaim it, it will be. Mm. And proclaiming Yeah, what declare this declare thing. Declare it. You know, and even the title, Well Read Black, girl that's a declaration it's it a really call is. to action that i value my story i value my existence i value my history i'm very clear that the history of you know black people in the united states writing it, at one yeah. point it was illegal for us to read and write right like how that that ties punishable into, by death exactly yeah. like it, it ties into everything that i'm trying to do into my into my mission to center black stories but also mm. to preserve our history and allow young people to come up and know that they can do the same if not more um wow. and I, i'm really just trying to inter- inject that in everything that i'm doing mm-hmm. and to think of the work as uh, as being of greater service you yeah. know and like allowing people that are not black not people of color yeah. to also educate themselves and there's be- no threat to you because there are well-read right, black girls right and like, i mean this and just enhances your community exactly too. you know it allows you to you know and even i definitely get questions can i join the group if i'm if i'm not uh, a black woman i'm like this is a dedicated space to black women you can observe you can you know you can mm. re- enjoy the books but this is our space and i think it's important to have spaces that are only for black people to nourish yes. one another and to be in community and that, and that doesn't deny anyone else no. but it just allows for a separate 
space. Um, I think that, that was important. That's what Howard is, you know. That's Yeah, that's what our HBCUs are. And there's so many organizations in our communities, our sororities, our fraternities, these yeah. specific spaces that are carved out for us to have community be whole and yes. preserve our culture. Yes. And it's not a threat to you that we're doing that. Exactly. I love that you are unapologetic about that because yeah. um, to say, you know, you might feel inclined to say, oh, well, sure. You know, we don't want to exclude anyone, but you can do that to the point that you begin to kind of wash away the right. The the strength and the books are there, so I'm still minding you to read the books. Yeah, you know, you but you're gonna have a different vantage point, and let's just acknowledge that. Yeah, you know, like you read the books are there. You should be reading Toni Morrison. You should be reading Renee Watson and Jacqueline Woodson. All these people should be on your bookshelf already. If I'm encouraging you, that is absolutely great. Like, go grab those books and have conversations and be uncomfortable. You know, talk about the you know talk about the discomfort amongst your community. Um, you know, and have discourse. Have real like discourse. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's so great about books it allows you to experience other people's lives and have different vantage points and perspectives um but it also allows you to just breathe a little too mm. right like let's like have a space to breathe one another and see each other's experiences and have a, a true appreciation for it and to not feel like we have to apologize yeah like for wh- whoever you are however you are exactly i um we've been talking about tony morrison and we just again recently lost this literary juggernaut. I know. I mean, it's still just like hard to accept. Listen, you know, when I've heard it, I was like, oh, but she's earned this. Yeah. Like we have to let her go because she deserves a great rest. She has earned this rest and she has done so much for us as individuals and as a community. But, um, maybe I want to talk about your Morrison moment. Oh man. I've been asking colleagues and friends and family because I know what my moment was where, uh, Mama Morrison just, you know, gripped me and never let me go. And that was this little written acknowledgement sort of memorial. I said to her, you know, yeah. you grabbed me at this point when I was a teenager. Yeah. You never let me go. Yeah. And so that was for me with Beloved. Yes. And I wasn't anybody's mother. Mm-hmm. I wasn't anybody's enslaved person. But I saw myself. I witnessed myself. Yes. And some of the trauma and the heavy, too thick love. Yes. Of, you know, that we get through that. So what's your Morrison moment? I, my, um, oh man, there's so many moments. And there may be more than one. There's so many, yeah. but I actually, one of my favorite books, I have so many books I love by Toni Morrison, but oh, yes. I would say my favorite is Jazz. No one ever says jazz. I know. I love. I really love jazz. I love the fact Girl, that the the, the narrator is like you don't know who the narrator is, and this idea of this like these two people coming up from the south, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. part of the Great Migration, uh, unsure about love. The love gets volatile and messy, mm-hmm. and as that that word uncomfortable, but it is still love. Yeah. And and you know, and I think that was like I had this phase in college where I was reading so much bell hooks. I was oh, like girl. trying to figure you out. Woke. I was trying to figure out all my my like you know all about love, salvation, mm-hmm. and during that all same time, elements. Of yeah, love. all these frameworks of what love is and right. how what it feels like, mm-hmm. right? And then I read jazz, and I was like, this is really unsettling, but this is what it is. It yeah. is when you can be completely vulnerable and honest and just exposed and and that what is what warrants unconditional and love out of control out of control like you are not because it's crazy i mean you know no spoilers at this point but you know the, the, she, no she spoilers dies. come she, on she dies y'all, gotta, y'all haven't <laughs> you know, read it shame like on you there's a murder there's all yes. kinds of crazy she stuff that happens in that book <laughs> but like it oddly enough that is the book that taught me about love and Whoa. It, in this crazy 
Well, way. But no it, one it ever really says did. jazz because it is so complex it and is it is very, so uncomfortable. Yeah. And then it's jazz, right? In that art form. But, the, but, that's, so, but that's what the book, it was written yep. like jazz. Like it just, jazz. It's like, it mm-hmm. is abstract and it is just nonlinear. I really adore. Difficult to like, grasp. Unlinear, nonlinear storytelling where yeah. it's just like all over the place. Um, but it still comes together in the end and you feel like resolved. Um, and that's what I, like that was my Morrison moment. Like I really feel like mm. jazz taught me about, Toni Morrison taught me about love. I'm about to just like go back to that and hear your comments echoing in my head yes, yes, now. Read it, read it. I, I am because you know jazz between jazz and and paradise were those mm, two that I yeah. was just like stuck with yeah. for a while before I could move. Oh, on. beloved scared me though. Beloved scared me. I had to read it so and you know it's it's so, a, it's it's a it's, complex. Yeah, book. I mean I love beloved you. as well, but it took me a while. I probably have read beloved maybe six times now. Mm-hmm. Um, and my I did cover it. is ripped off. I yeah, mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've read it. And it's just, but it's one of those things like you really have to study, especially for like sentence structure and scene setting. Oh gosh, beloved would just have stream you, like, of consciousness. I mean, it's modernism. It oh is finest. finest. Yes. yes, like yeah. So I mean, at this point, when I'm reading Morrison, I'm just studying. I'm yeah. just like it's like I a mean, master class of do? like the she greatest literary, us. you know, mother of all time. The greatest literary mother of all time. All time. I need that on the head. <laughs> So your movement, and I'm probably never just going to call it a book because Aww. it's a movement. It is, and it's necessary. I know why it's necessary from my perspective, yeah. but why do you feel that it's necessary and that that's something that has to that had to happen at this moment? Yeah, I think for a very long time we have had incredible writers, incredible movements. Um, and what I'm doing isn't necessarily new. It is a new technology that helps shape it. Mm-hmm. You know, the use of social media, the use of more public collective community and conversation mm. has helped move it into a different realm. I really feel like my work stands in a continuum. It where, does. Where I'm encouraging people to see themselves and just add on, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm adding on to what Sonia Sanchez and June Sonia Jordan, Sonia, yeah. Tony K. Bambara. Like I'm adding on to their work and I just want to amplify it. I don't want it to be forgotten. Um, I, I think that that is amplify, what we yeah. are like at risk of losing, especially as okay. we lose our literary mothers. Yeah. Uh, you know, Paul Marshall, just she recently right, passed right. as well. Yeah. Gloria Naylor. Gloria Naylor, yeah. Maya Angelou. I just don't want anyone to forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is so important for us to uplift their stories and to know that we we continuously add to it. We're adding to history. Yeah. And we are have to be on the lookout for emerging writers as well. Those who are aspiring 100%. and want to be part of this lineage, we have to encourage them, let them know that they can do so. Um, but you have a blueprint, you know, you don't have to start from scratch. You have, you have people that yeah. have done the work Framework. and they have loved us. Um, and I so just want to like, so dearly, mm-hmm. you know, and that is what, um, that's what I feel responsible for. I feel like really adding to that. And I, I like the fact that, um, you know, there's so many moving parts, you know, there's not just like, there's not one person. I'm not the only well-read black girl. It's, it's all of us that's in this together. It is say. a collective movement. What I appreciate, one of the things I appreciate about you and what you're doing is that, and it's not even out of this like feigned humility or anything, but it's like, you have this very um deep understanding that it's not about you and you're sharing this yeah. space like even to look at the makeup and the table of contents oh my god I think <laughs> to do this and um the introduction is so 
humble, not in a way that where it's, you know, pedestrian or anything. It's so thoughtful and deep, but it's also, let me start it here and then let me pass the mic. Let me pass the mic. And so I think that that is indicative also of this matrilineal literary heritage that you you are helping us to remember to celebrate in very meaningful, deliberate ways. Yes. Is that, you know, the way that Toni Morrison finished Toni Kate Bambara's book. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That is not a corporate model. That doesn't happen. And and that's what we need to do. So I'm thinking of the people that inspire me the movements that inspire me ella mm-hmm. baker right oh, of like, course you know where you know all, all these women these cooperatives you know you know back in the day there were women's clubs that like supported Alpha one another suffrage. yes yeah. all these things like it was done in community you can't have just one person Figure at the head, head yeah. doing anything we have to do this side by side hand in hand and move forward and i just feel like there's greater power in numbers and quite honestly i like to be behind i, I like to think of the work that i do i like to think of myself as a midwife right mm. like i'm kind of giving birth to things and I'm supporting people <sighs> and but I don't need to be I'm not catching all the babies you just dropped myself. a gem there you know I'm just talking about being a midwife I just I come think, on I'm, I'm just trying to give, help people <sighs> give birth and do it do so with it's like guiding our yes, process you know and I wouldn't be able to do any of the work that I do if it wasn't for all the women that I've mm-hmm. read and contributed to my livelihood and made me feel seen so it's it can't be just about glory that's ridiculous mm-hmm. it has to be mm-hmm. about all the things that I've read and all the women that I've read with and my mother and my grandmother and and your mother and your yeah, grandmother yeah. it has to be like it's about all of us who wants a book um, by the way with your signature oh my goodness <laughs> I, I, she's yes. making me bring it to yes. her um, yeah, so it's, 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 it's all those things. And I, and when I keep that at top of mind and I think about, uh, I think about the intimacy and the impact that I want to have, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thankful for the numbers and the visibility, but again, as I said before, like if it was just a small, if it was still the eight women in the room that yeah. I started off with, I would have been just as happy and just You're as grateful, you community. know, because mm-hmm. like it just takes one person. I recently, um, I love Elizabeth, who's the author of The Poet X. Yeah. And I, uh, we were talking and she was telling me how she, you know, she's now a national award winning right, author. Right, right. You know, she's done such great work. She's done such great work. But when she was, I want to say like in elementary school or maybe even middle school, an author came to her school and dedicated one of her books to her. Right. Oh, wow. and, it, and I can't recall the author's name right now, but the, the author like in her the epigraph, like wrote a note to Elizabeth in this class. And like nice. to, to see that yeah. you know, years and years later, full circle, full circle yeah. that she is now an author and doing the same work and giving thanks and helping other young girls yeah. see themselves. And like that, that's like that is the impact that like I would love years from now to look back and say, you know, if someone was like, I, I came to this festival and I saw you speak, it's I read your book and, happen. you know, like now I feel inspired to tell my own story. And, you know, like this, that is what I want. That's like the real that's the only way this will be worth it in my mind, you know, because I agree. it's like, we want more books being written. We want more stories told mm-hmm. and we want, we want them on the bestseller list, right? Like yeah. it's not just about even having these books out there. It's about, we want them to be, to acknowledge, to be, to be acknowledged, acknowledged and, yeah. but on industry level on, you know, mainstream, yeah. you know, we want people to feel empowered. We want people buying books everywhere. Um, and if I'm encouraging that, like, then yes, then we're, I love we're that because progress. what you're doing is underscoring. I think your comments about us writing ourselves into places that neglect or ignore us. Okay. In terms of plot, obviously, yes. but also in terms of the industry, industry yes, or like 100%. claiming our space, rightful space. Yeah. 
and and there have been spaces that have have done that you know so i think of broadside yeah you know mm-hmm. like i think of like all these incredible movements mm-hmm. um but it's just now a different time and different technology yeah. we have access to more yeah. and i want the people that um they have the, the ability to do so and the funding and everything else is put yeah. all their support, the resources, their resources behind black women, women of color, people that just, they have the talent, you know, they have the talent. Like that's like one thing. Yeah. That's not what we're lacking. Not, not, yeah. Like the, when I see my DMS, when I hear people, you know, ask me all these incredible questions, I'm just like, I, and I came into publishing in such an unconventional way mm-hmm. that I'm like, Oh God, like I need to learn more because I want to help more yeah, people, yeah. you know? And so if I have that power, that access now, let me learn a little bit, a little bit more and see what happens, you it. know? And I'm just and open to, the doors. Like you don't walk into any rooms by yourself. Yeah, completely. So I'm, I feel very fortunate. We're entering the, the third year of our festival. So yes, exciting. it's going to be in November this year. And I just have really big dreams and aspirations for it to grow. And, you know, in 10 years, what it'll look like oh in 20 gosh. years when I'm not here, you know, yeah, what it'll yeah. look like. I really want it to be a cultural institution that will grow and help so many more black women just, you know, see themselves. Oh, we're dedicated here. At least I am in Mississippi. I, know, to... I love you. You're so wonderful. I love you. Like, <laughs> stay so here. Dolly. Yes. But we're dedicated to this movement continuing it cannot stop it won't stop on our watch and um mississippi's literary history owes a lot to black female writers and so thank you for making a space for us to celebrate our foremothers and our daughters who will come after us this is right on mississippi right on glory right on (laughs) right on mississippi is produced in partnership with mississippi public broadcasting for the mississippi book festival the south's literary lawn party